Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise. Today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade Lies Play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. The coterie are being brought in to meet the prince after a number of issues were brought to a head. Ridley quickly adapted to Everett's new secret and offered some solutions, though they were turned down. Iris suggested they get a therapist for their detective companion, and a deeply troubled Everett led them to a mysterious new ally before they were called into the prince's chamber. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Ryan Laplante ushers you all into the theater. Um, there is a... Uh, the Centaur Theater is kind of a nice, large, it's got a couple theaters, but the one that the prince has set up shop in um, has a, kind of a long walk down to the stage. Um, the Marquis himself uh, has set, uh, set himself up on uh, a bit of a throne that seems to have been dragged out of prop storage. Um, it, uh, it, it, it's a little too stage proppy to be properly impressive. Um, and you can tell from the way he shuffles in his seat that he is acutely aware that it's kind of stupid, but has committed to it and is is kind of doing it. Um, you're uh, ushered in and uh, kind of brought to the stage. 
and um, as uh, as you approach, uh, he uh, kind of smiles again. Like think like a young Gandolfini um, in seventeen uh, hundreds, late seventeen hundreds uh, gear. And uh, the uh, general of New France uh, stands to to greet you, um, and uh, says, uh, "Ah, yes, the the Dunn coterie. I have done a few of these this evening, and." Yours is one of the ones I've been looking the most forward to. Uh, please come, come and join me on on the stage. I apologize about the lack of seating, but desperate times and all that. Um, so you're brought up onto the stage. Uh, there are no seats aside from his. Do you stand? Do you sit? What do you do? Everett will stand. 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 Right. Um. So he uh he um sort of uh folds steeples his fingers and says um. So, I'm aware of Miss Dunn, but I'm afraid I'm unfamiliar with the two of you. Who might you two be? My name is uh, Everett Fry. Uh, your I'm Ridley Beef. Uh, he's Everett. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> All right. So, Ridley Beef and... Everett Fry, I appreciate the your majesty. I think I'll keep it for now. Honestly, I have been a bit taken aback by how casual things seem to have gotten since I've been underground. But I uh, suppose time marches forward. I recall my sire complaining about this very thing, and I thought him foolish. Well, suppose joke's on me. Well, welcome. Uh, the three of you, you have been causing quite a stir here in Montreal. May I ask what brought you to New... Fr- mm, I apologize. To this city, to Montreal, to Quebec. Quebec. What a stupid name. <laughs> Tom, quick meta question from my boy Ridley's perspective. Is he... Not a Nostra rules. Is that something he could talk about or is that something he's not supposed to talk about? Um, <clears throat> you were sent to establish a foothold in Montreal by the Note Nostra um, under the sort of auspices of, I believe we, we discussed that the Camarilla was aware that in theory, at least based on what you've been told, aware that you'd be coming over. Um, so yes, I think you, you could speak about it because essentially if we're talking kind of who's in the game, who isn't, this would be like someone from the mob talking to the politician they know is on the take, if that makes any sense. Cool. So up to you how much or how little you'd want to reveal that. But yes, I believe you, this wouldn't be letting someone else know it exists. This would theoretically be talking to like the corrupt mayor. Yeah. I think Ridley would say, I was sent over by my sire to uh, help establish a Camarilla foothold. I'm involved with an organization that, let's say, is uh, peripherally linked with Camarilla leadership. Um, And he talks an eyebrow. What organization would that be? You must forgive me. I... Uh, I've been underground for quite some time, and uh, I'm beginning to wonder if they would have brought me out of Torpor at all had the elders not been called overseas to fight in their apocalypse war well let's just say if the camarilla is to politicians my organization is to the mafia oh so the notte nostra 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you knew it. So, thumbs so, up. So, are you part of Mr. Black's operation? Damien Black, the Note Nostra operative that has been sent to establish a presence here in Montreal. I met with him earlier this evening. Let's just say within any organization, there are different directors with different aims and their own teams going in. So, yes and no. Going to need a uh, manipulation and subterfuge role from you there, pal. Am I telling the truth? I feel like I don't know Damien Black. Do I know Damien Black? You definitely do not know Damien Black, and you don't know him from back across the pond either. Yeah, I don't fucking know this guy at all. Sorry, it was manipulation and what? Um, and subterfuge, please. One success. Um, okay. The um, uh, uh, Montcalm's face kind of uh, darkens a bit. Um, and uh, he just says, interesting company you keep misdone. And uh, you, Mr. Fry, um, you have made an admirable attempt at etiquette, but what is what brings you here? I was sent here to assist the Camarilla in taking Montreal from the Sabbat. May I ask by whom? My instructions come from a secret source. Not even I am aware of. I feel that Information is so key in the early stages of claiming territory that I'm on a need-to-know basis. Um, he kind of nods um, and seems somewhat concerned. Uh, you hear a door open um, in the balcony and uh, two kindred uh, make their way kind of down to the, uh, the edge of the balcony. And you notice both of them have high-powered rifles. Um, and he just nods and says, Sacre merde, they told me that this territory had calmed down somewhat in my absence, but I can see that it is just as fraught as it was in my day. This is somewhat concerning. That said, I am now a man with no nation. Uh, my nation is this city. So if you serve me, you serve the interests of the Camarilla, then we will have no issue. If you serve the agendas of former masters, shadowy figures and the like, we shall find a rather large issue between us. Um, and you hear the, the sort of pointed cocking of guns. Everett will uh, raise his hands in a sort of disarming effort uh, and just say... Uh, up until now, my instructions came from a cell phone. If I can receive instructions from the prince's mouth, more the better. Um, he kind of like squints uh, a bit and you can see him kind of doing some quick calculations. He says, oh, yes, the, um, the square device that you, you voices come out of, yes. Uh, yes. Your Highness, yes. Cell phone. Such a strange device. Such a strange time, but here we are. Um, and he kind of uh, spreads wide his hands and says, so, 
Regardless of how you came to be here, I must admit I am rather glad that you are. It would seem that you've been making life awfully difficult for various agents of chaos around the city that I myself have been looking to deal with. I understand you've encountered the children of Batista. We did. We encountered Batista, your highness. Hmm. Well, we dismembered Batista would be the most accurate way to put it. Uh, and for the first time, you see a, a grin. But it's almost like, um, again, based on, on the, the era he's from, there's there's a bit of that, like, for lack of a better term, courtly shyness about it, where it's kind of like a suppressed smile. Um, and he nods and says, uh, yes, I must admit uh, that is part of the reason why none of my men have put bullets or stakes in you as of yet you have done a tremendously good service to the masquerade by dispatching that particular monster there have been dumb kindred for generations but turning people all willy-nilly and he does like a very surprisingly um kind of uh um, elegant sort of turn of his hands as he says it um uh, has been a, a true threat to everything we hold dear. And as the events of the city today have proven, we're all only one inquisition away from the true death. So, bravo. And he claps very daintily um, and then kind of leans back and says, so uh, Batista himself may be gone, but the people who set him on the world sired him and taught him how to turn kindred are still at large unfortunately as are many of his children which brings me to my question miss dunn as to how far you're willing to go as i look at a map of this city of black miracles as they seem determined to call it um i notice a an area that uh, I, I believe would be a good home for you the west end of Montreal. It is further from the digs that I understand you have been squatting into this point, but if reports are to be believed, those places are mostly gone now in a blaze of inquisitorial fire. So, my offer is this. Your enemies, the orphans, have a stronghold in the west end of the city, a bar that is rather larger and perhaps more complex than at first it seems. The orphans have been a sabbat nuisance to the Camarilla for some time, going even so far as to start conflict in Ottawa, which I suppose is this nation's capital now. It's incredibly strange. In any case, the orphans are a problem. They're my problem, and thus they are your problem. The children of Batista have been known to integrate very quickly into the orphans, those that aren't in higher echelons of society, like the dearly departed professor that I believe Miss Dunn dealt with rather viciously. So, my offer is this. I wish to give you what you already want. Revenge on the remainder of Batista's line, as well as leads as to who could have created him. New territory to own and control, Mr. Beef, if you are in fact related to the Note Nostra, surely having a gang headquarters would be something of interest to you, and a chance to wipe the orphans off the map once and for all. If you do this, if you can take their stronghold from them and wipe them off of my city's map, their territory 
shall be your territory, their resources, your resources, their headquarters, your headquarters, and you shall have earned a place at my table. Is this a distance you would be willing to go for the Camarilla and your prince? Ridley looks to Iris because we're trying to reinforce Iris as being in charge, but he's like, very excitedly, yes. <laughs> I think that is an agreement we can agree on. Um, he uh, nods and says, uh, wonderful, then we have an accord. Failure, of course, will be met with very, very harsh consequence, particularly given the somewhat unreliable narrative of uh, your Mr. Beef and your Mr. Fry. Um, that said, based on what you've managed to accomplish so far, I have the utmost faith in you. If you could put down Batista, I'm sure you will have no trouble with his children. From there, I will need whatever information you find about his line, who sired him, what their goals are. There are things happening in this city that are of great concern to me. There seems to be more happening here than there ought to be, with the Sabbat mostly on the ropes. On that note, word has gotten out to the Anarchs that the city is up for grabs. I suspect we will be seeing a large influx. They want to make it another one of their free cities, a free territory where... Kindred can live free of the constraints of the masquerade. In short, they will doom us all. Um, so be on your guard. Be on the watch. There are more and more of them filtering into the city every day, and I suspect many of them have already infiltrated the ranks of several organizations. So keep an eye out for Anarchs. And of course, the Sabbat may be down, but they are most certainly not out. It would be foolish to assume that just because their leader died rather spectacularly, as I understand it, that they are done. But first things first, the orphans and the children of Batista. Now, Mr. Beef, you look as though you greeted the sun, which is rather concerning. And as you've no doubt noticed, the Inquisition, who is a bit different than what I'm used to. I rather thought they wore armor and swung swords still, but it would seem that they have weaponized gunpowder in some truly extraordinary ways, are currently ravaging our city. So my request to you would be to lay low. Uh, Mr. Beef, you look as though you have something you want to add. No, that sounds great. I was going to say, they do still have the sword swinging ones, and they have the gun ones. It's a whole spread. Excellent. Now, my uh, soldiers, uh, and he kind of gestures in a way that's very clear, like, they snuck in, but he knows you know, and it's it's kind of one of those like dumb shows of force. It says, um, I uh, understand weapons have gotten somewhat fancier since my day. It was a musket ball that knocked me out for, for quite some time, but I understand it's all multi-shot bullshit now. Um, I would ask if you can, any Inquisition information you have obtained or can share would be of great use to the Camarilla at this time. This is the largest show of force we have ever seen them bring to a Canadian city, uh, but it would seem that the events uh, that transpired in Toronto not that long ago seem to have really put them on edge. Um, but any, any advice you can give would be greatly appreciated. As you know, the Inquisition forms the greatest single threat uh, to our existence other than the loss of the masquerade. And the fact that there are seemingly several organizations working together rather than one very killable organization is, well, it's shit. But all that to say, 
The city is under assault. There's little you can do that will not draw undue attention to the masquerade. So I would ask you to lay low for a time. Now, I understand, given that your home has been destroyed, and I believe, Miss Dunn, yours has been compromised, that uh, you are at loose ends. Do you have somewhere to stay? Currently, no, but I have someone in that is acquiring a new location for me. Excellent. Uh, Mr. Beef, do you, you will need to rest up for some time, I suspect, so I will not expect results soon, but nor will I tolerate uh, tardiness. So I would ask you to heal up, make your preparations, and uh, let us know. Uh, Mr. Fry, I'm glad you have one of those uh, witch boxes uh, that delivers information. I will have uh, my Mr. LaPlante send you any relevant information on my end. Uh, but I do expect this to be done as soon as it can be once things have settled down. So please go tend to your wounds, make your preparations. And hopefully when next we speak, I will be proudly crowning you lieutenants of the West End of Montreal. Otherwise, he kind of shrugs and he says, there are plenty more very eager to take your place. Thank you. We'll make sure it happens. Um, and uh, he just sort of uh, nods and says, uh, and just kind of gestures for you to to scoot. Is there anything else you want to ask him on your way up? Knowing that he has dismissed you, so you yeah, run, no. run the risk of <laughs> no. Yep. Great. Um, so uh, the three of you make your way back out into the lobby. Um, uh, Iris, you are full on shoulder checked by uh, Fleur-de-Lis Tempestra as she makes her way past you uh, with her coterie. Um, it's definitely like a, oops, I bumped into you, but an active, oops, I bumped into you. Um, do you respond in any way and, or do Ridley and Everett respond in any way? I'd probably just turn around, give her a dashing, like <laughs> charming smile and a hair flip and then keep on walking the other way. All right. To kind uh, of like, I... this doesn't right. bother me, bitch. Cool. Can you roll me a composure? And I think probably... Probably etiquette. Yeah, let's go with etiquette. And Ryan, what were you going to add? Well, let's see how this plays out first. Fair <laughs> enough. Hey, friends. It's Ryan. I mean, real Ryan, not just acting Ryan. And I am here to talk to you about something we are so excited about as a company. Dum Dums and Dice is launching its fifth weekly show. That's right. We've already got Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy. But we are taking Curse Code and Crown, our second D&D 5e show, with a fully original world and fully original characters created by our players and Tom McGee, and it's becoming a weekly show. It's going to be out on Fridays. It's going to be an hour long. It's going to be carrying forwards on an ongoing basis. You'll have something every day of the week. If you've already listened to Curse Code and Crown, then you're going to be caught up, but all of those episodes will be available in an hourly format. If you haven't, though, there is a whole bunch of adventure awaiting you with brand new episodes starting dropping this Friday. So check out Curse Code and Crown, follow it wherever you're hearing this, and we hope you enjoy our latest adventure, all from the brain of Tom. Four successes. Um, you uh, deal social damage to her <laughs> uh, as uh, everyone um, around you takes note of the fact uh, that she used her more impressive physique to physically try and intimidate you and uh, 
you took it in more the spirit of Elysium um, by uh, kind of costing her social standing by making it seem incredibly petty and uh, kind of brutal and, and base. Um, so uh, there's there's some like, oh, quite a faux pas. Um, and uh, you can just hear uh, the Baron Magellan like uh, let out like a ha! And uh, as uh, as you go to leave, he he raises uh, uh, raises a a very vaguely conscious human's arm uh, to you before sipping on it, um, rather delicately. Uh, and uh, with that, uh, the three of you make your way out of Elysium. Um, Sorka, uh, like you probably wait a little bit to to make sure that the coast is clear, but it would seem that things are settling in the city now. Um, Sorka is nowhere to be seen, uh, Everett. So you've kind of your your point of contact's gone. Uh, Jacob Kane is also gone. Um, is there anything else you wanted to do on your way out? Nope. I don't think so. All right. So uh, I think Ridley's good. Great. Um, the uh, TV news feeds playing at the various screens around uh, the theater suggest that uh, martial law has been imposed on the city. Uh, that said, tactically, it would make sense for the Inquisition to fall back, um, given that the night is a real bad time to fight vampires. Um, but uh, you're able to um, secure a, a Dinkeldorf cab. Uh, it's uh, Nathan himself uh, who picks you up. Um, and he looks like shit. Uh, he's in rough shape. Um, he's got a, a like a, a sawed off uh, sh- like double barrel shotgun kind of over his lap. Um, and uh, he just pulls up. Uh, the windows have been shot out on his cab. Um, but uh, he just throws open the door and says, uh, well, well hi- hey there, folks. Um, sorry about the state of the cab. I know normally I'd send you a fancier car, uh, but... It's been a rough night. I had to bust out my old one. Um, hop in. Sorry about this state of us. Uh, I think Ridley will get in the front because he likes Nathan. Great. Um, so uh, y'all pile in. Um, the only address uh, you have currently is um, uh, Angelo DeSantos or DeSantis. Uh, is that where you would head? Probably check so. in with Emily to see if she's got a place for us to go. Uh, unfortunately, with the citywide lockdown going on, um, she hasn't been able to pull too many strings. Unless it was in the same building, but she's actively trying not to. Yeah, she sends you a bunch of like prayer emojis and like the you know the slightly disappointed face emoji um, and uh, one eggplant, which she sends an uh, apology about and just says her finger slipped because uh, it's wildly inappropriate for such a somber occasion. Oh, uh, Two things. We should probably tell Emily to, A, if she could pick up my fucking gloves. Uh, I don't really want to go to your building-looking aura show, but I want my fucking murder fingers. Uh, and she should probably leave your apartment and get a different place. Just lie low for a bit, because I don't know how well we've been infiltrated, but with the fucking Inquisition finding us, cell phones are questionable. We don't know who's doing what. You probably need to trade phones and numbers. Yeah, I'll tell her we need a, a full wipe. Cool. Um, she messages you that she's already moved the uh, uh, the snack room um, to uh, a slightly safer location, um, but that it's it's a bit of a work in progress. Um, but she will be able to grab the gloves because she's still like in the vicinity. Um, as you make your way through the streets of Montreal, like again, it's 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 chaos and and havoc. Uh, but um, things seem to be getting locked down now. 
Um, and there's just a general state of s- sort of shell shock disbelief uh, throughout the city. Um, that said, uh, eventually uh, you pull up to a, uh, a massive office tower, um, just like a, a pure glass, one of those sort of pure glass buildings um, topped with a, uh, the uh, logo for uh, Desanti Medical that's like um, a heart um uh, sort of like half of it's a heart and half of it is the um so the like the uh the staff of asclepius like the the snake wound around a a wing yeah. um so it's that but like vaguely stylized in like a your company in modern age so it has to look cool um but a very impressive office tower um you uh you pull up and um uh nathan just says uh all right um I know things have gotten kind of kind of hairy, but um, again, you've got my number. Uh, I'm going to try and get the company back up and running as soon as I can. But till then, I'm, I'm your guy. Well, thank Stay you safe, very much. Friendo. Uh, yeah, take care of yourself, Ryan. I'm going to add uh, Nathan Dingeldorf as a uh, a touchstone for you. Yeah, I do. that makes sense to me. I like him. Yeah. And by not just Ryan, but I mean Ridley likes him. Yeah, and no, he's no. a part of the Empire, which makes him emotionally yeah. significant. No, totally understand. And particularly, I think in having kind of just suffered the loss of TJ, there's kind of like a gap um, because Ridley likes having a crew. Yeah. Uh, and also the the temporary loss of the Bear Boys as they kind of rebrand and, and figure out what they're doing. Um, so uh, the three of you are brought in. Uh, Iris, you flash the, the business card at security who kind of nods and... Um, takes you to the elevators um everything is very slick in here this is like classic uh kind of like high security corporate office kind of stuff um so everyone in you know impeccable suits um uh ryan uh you're getting like strong mafia vibes off this place um it seems kind of like a it's a little, everything's a little like the, the slickness of the suits and kind of how it's been set up seems almost like a pageantry. Um, like there's, it, it, it feels a bit like mobsters playing. Yeah, it's, it's performative corporate where you can tell they're a shark, but playing nice in a. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's like guys with prison tattoos who are otherwise very clean cut and, and trying to look uh, generic. Um, oh, I was going to say Ridley for the sake of maintaining masquerade has probably borrowed, I would say a baseball cap and sunglasses from Nathan. And he's just sure. pulled his, his hands like into the sleeves of his Jersey. So there's, there's enough to be like, Oh, that guy had a really rough life. Uh, but so much like enough of him hidden that people are like, Oh, I can't ask you to be rude. Right, right, right. Okay. Love that. Um, cool. So um, the, you take the elevator up Um uh, Tyler, what um, entirely inappropriately discordant elevator song is playing? Um, discordant like in that it's like with everything that's happening outside, it's always insane when like a pop song is playing. Yeah. Um, it's a full, it's it's a recording of just a full big band swing, uh, Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> we just get in and da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. yeah great um so um as you uh uh you kind of stand in in awkward silence as as big band plays uh finally um you reach the top <laughs> floor. 
there's a, a guard dog who barks uh, aggressively at the elevator, but is just so damn cute. Yeah. Um, but oh, uh, I know this band. This is called Big Dog. It's actually a big band, and I have one dog that barks randomly during recordings, and I always keep it in. Yeah, because you know what? People who really care about their content keep dog barking in. That is something I can confirm. Uh, that's true. If I didn't have the dog, I wouldn't fucking listen to this band at all. Yep. No, yeah, that's why there's the Twitter account, Can You Hear the Dog? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So confirm yeah. that our content, you can. 100%. Um, so uh, the elevator dings, um, and uh, you kind of exit out onto the uh, executive floor. Um, uh, it, uh, it feels old. Uh, it's kind of like if you go into um, really the only example I can think of are like some of the nicer, like old Italian restaurants in New York, for instance, just feel like they're still in the forties. Um, so heavy wood paneling, the carpet is like ancient uh, by kind of modern standards. Like it's, it, everything just feels very overly plush and a little bit old. Um, and um as you uh, you exit, you realize that kind of this floor is just his office. Like so you just the, the elevator opens on, onto his office. Um, there's a sort of a massive wooden desk, um, and uh, uh, behind it, in kind of an overstuffed chair, um, sort of reading a bunch of reports, is uh, kind of a, a Steve Buscemi type, uh, but think like Steve Buscemi circa Boardwalk Empire. Um, so, you know, slicked hair, um, uh, wearing a nice if outdated suit. Um, that he is, uh, you know, even despite how late it is and kind of what's going on, um, is, is still buttoned up fully. Like he's not, he doesn't seem, uh, sort of relaxed at all. Um, and, uh, you can hear him kind of muttering to himself as he, he looks at, at, uh, at these reports, um, and just kind of, uh, rubbing his temple slightly. But as the elevator dings, uh, he, uh, sort of looks up immediately, and um, uh, a thin, completely mirthless smile uh, spreads across his face. Um, and uh, he just says, ah, good, good. Uh, I see my associate, Mr. Kane, managed to uh, get word to you, huh? Please, please, come in, come in. Um, and as you kind of enter, he comes around the desk uh, to greet you. Uh, and says, uh, my name is uh, Angelo DeSanti. And uh, welcome to my uh, humble headquarters, as it were. Uh, I'm guessing you're Iris Dunn, uh, given that you're uh, the only dame in the bunch. Um, which one of you is fry and which one of you is beef? You guys sound like a happy meal. Anyone ever told you that? Our friends, yes. Our enemies, no. I'm Ridley Beef. Nice to meet you. People call me the Riddler. Yeah, all right. All right. Good. Good to know. Uh, listen, uh, you, you, you guys need anything to drink. Uh, you're looking a bit rough. Uh, did you get caught up in, um, and he looks like almost like hesitant to say it says the, um, the, un- the unpleasantness out there with the, uh, the, um, the inquisition fellas. We did a little, I think, uh, drinks would be lovely. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. All right. Um, so he goes to a, uh, a refrigerated cabinet and um, pulls out a uh, like a what's clearly a like one of those bourbon decanters um, that is is full of blood, uh, and he says, uh, "Sorry, all I have on hand is melancholia. I find it suits me best. Uh, will that be all right for for the three of you?" 
I mean, none for Everett. He's having a rough night. But the rest of us, uh, why not? Well, I no. mean, wait. It, I hate to ask you about the provenance of anything, but I'm sort of a, you know, some people are about organic. I'm sort of about criminals. So your source is? Uh, yeah, the, the old Ventrue game, right? Uh, well, this uh, particular vintage uh, was a, a, a fellow that I'd hired at one of my institutions, a... Uh, he was supposed to assist a, a coroner in helping prepare bodies, but uh, he saw fit to, uh, how should I put this, prepare bodies a different way uh, for his own pleasure. So um, what can I say? You know, they yeah, say- Yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have great. a glass. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. You know, they always joke about good help being hard to find. Um, I don't think that's true, but oh man, when you're hiring for morgues, you find some weird fucking people. Anyway, all right, there's for you. And he pours one for, for Iris. And uh, he he doesn't bother bringing out a glass for um, Everett. He just kind of like nods to you and uh, puts it back. And he says, uh, well, you're probably wondering why I sent my creepy agent to uh, bother you. Hey, listen, did he just arbitrarily declare a time that you were supposed to meet him? Yeah, he's real strange yeah he's he's a spooky dude um but uh very reliable i'll tell you that much and uh what that guy can do with fire it'll fuck you right up <laughs> but uh you know i'm glad he's on my side anyway uh listen um it's it's tough out there right now i understand the uh inquisition's a problem for all of us and i was worried at first that uh you three might be a problem for me and uh you and that uh crazy uh french guy from the woods uh made a mess of one of my morgues i was a little concerned that uh you might be moving in on the territory you might be trying to start some shit and i was uh getting real ready to uh go crack some skulls as it were but uh i understand that maybe i i got that wrong uh there were some circumstances there that i've been uh uh politely uh told by the prince were uh were at work uh there was uh one of those Batista fellows, uh, I understand, was was involved, and there was some ugliness there. So, really, I should thank you because uh, if you hadn't stopped that guy and gotten that that corpse out of there before it uh, got up and started walking around biting people, well, the prince might have been after my balls. Ha! And I'm glad he wasn't because I like my balls and I'd like to keep them where they are securely, uh, you know, there for 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 his and her pleasure, as it were. So, uh you guys seem like you might be more valuable to me as friends than foes. So let's raise a glass or I don't know, a salute to you there, sir. It's all right, man. We don't need to address it every time someone takes a drink. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, here's the new friendships, huh? And, uh, he raises a glass. Yep. Ridley will toast a drink. There's nothing to lose here. Yeah. Great. Um, so, uh, you'll take a sip and, uh, yeah, it's actually, it's damn good. Uh, who knew, uh, gross morgue technician was, was the vintage you needed. Um, and, uh, afterwards he says, uh, so all that going to say, um, I got some plans in the works that shouldn't interfere with anything you're doing, but what you're doing seems like it might, uh, it might be a real boon to my business. So, uh, tell you what, I understand you guys are all in a bit of a pinch, but I need some housing. How'd you feel about moving into a morgue? 
This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Meggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai angle and all our ads use the tracks no control in chiefs by jazzar that's j-a-h-z-z-a-r all of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dum dums and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are at dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice and most importantly you can join our patreon of darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice that's d-u-m-b d-u-m-b d-i-c-e sleep well children of the Died. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.